Welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast podcast here on Penalty Box Radio. It's another takeover. I'm stealing the podcast. I think this is the fourth time that I've stolen the podcast now, and I don't feel bad. I felt bad in the beginning, and now I just, I don't care anymore. This is now my takeover. I'm the captain. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Christian. I love you both. We'll have you back on soon. I promise. (laughs) Today on the podcast, we have another member from the junior hockey program here at Penalty Box Radio. Uh, You can go check her workout right now. It's already up on the website. It's a phenomenal piece. It's one of the best investigative pieces I've seen in hockey in a while. It's well thought out. There's a lot of supporting evidence. Let's just bring her in immediately. Johanna Bernardi, what is up? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Hell of a debut for you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, I was pretty excited to work on that piece, actually. So I'm happy that it's up and I'm happy that you like it. It's good. Yeah, I, uh, I dove into it when you sent it to me. And I was like, hey, this is, this is going to be good. Because I remember dating back to our interviews. I was like, there's something about your writing that I just thoroughly enjoy. And then I remember reading this piece initially. I was like, I really don't have a lot of changes to make. And I was like, if there's going to be a mentorship aspect to this, I was like, I got to find some changes. But like, it, it was a phenomenal piece. The investigative angle you took is, uh, is something that a lot of sports reporters are afraid to do. They're afraid to dive down to the nitty gritty because they're afraid of like, oh, maybe this side will feel bad that I'm talking about them. Oh, and then it's like, oh, maybe this side will feel bad. But you found like that perfect middle ground. But yeah, like what a debut. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like in like journalism, you kind of have to find both sides. Maybe it's like my journalism training. Like if you aren't telling both sides, like are you really telling the story? Obviously, you're not going to give validation to one side that makes no sense. But at the same time, you kind of got to give both sides a chance. So that was kind of what I was going for. So I'm glad it worked out. (laughs) It worked perfectly. Yeah, it's all about like walking the fine line. Yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place for like attack pieces and like defensive pieces. But I feel like a piece about referees, you don't necessarily want to attack them, especially with the bias. If you guys don't know, Johanna's piece is all about just looking at the scrutiny that referees have to face, especially leading up into this World Junior Championship. Uh, I want to touch on that really quickly. By the time this airs, I'm assuming the tournament will already be going because there's a backlog of podcasts that I need to get out. Um, Do you believe at all, like give me a percentage chance that the Canadian referees will be influenced because of their nationality and any of the calls they make? I personally don't think so. I think maybe like from what I've like learned in my story and like my research is they're all very like neutral. And like one of my sources mentions, and I think I've included this in the story is that they train all year refing like other random teams. And so they don't ever feel a bias. And that's just like how they're trained to be. And also my brother is a referee. So I do kind of have like a personal (laughs) connection to the story. And so is my uncle. And so from like what I've seen, like through them and like watching them ref is that like they're never picking one side over the other and even though like obviously like my family's Canadian so when we're watching my brother can be critical of the refs but he'll never be like oh the refs made that call specifically for Canada because he's been through the Hockey Canada training and knows what it's like to come up through that system and that they're not you and like one of the referees I talked to said you don't want to ruin your reputation and as a ref it's all reputation and you're if you're going to blow it on one chance like that for a tournament that's like a high profile tournament it's not worth it. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, I can't see into the future, but that's what I think is going to happen. So no, I couldn't agree more. I, I also find it funny that your brother and uncle's a ref because I think if you took the angle that referees were going to be biased, it might be an uncomfortable holiday season for you. Oh, yeah. If you no just came out with me. a hit. Yeah, it was just like, hey, by the way, you guys, what you do is completely wrong. See you later. 
yeah that would not end well for me but like that's my genuine opinion is I don't not because I'm like picking sides with my brother and my uncle mm-hmm. but I like I genuinely believe that referees aren't biased I think it's different when you're a fan and you're like heated in the moment and you're like oh, they're definitely calling against my team and you want to find a problem but I think that when you like step aside from a minute and like from an objective um, point of view they're not really being biased I, I think one of my, well, not favorite sports memories, because that sounds like I was a terrible teenager. Um, when I used to go to games and when I was like 13, 14, 15, I thought it was like so cool to yell at the refs. And then I remember being like 18, 19, 20 and re- being like, yeah, I was kind of stupid. Like that's, that's just not what I need to do yelling at the zebras. But then I go to games as like a 25, 26 year old. And I'm like, well, I've had a beer or two. And this referee's call was kind of bullshit. I'm going to yell really quickly about it. I feel like there's a time and a place to yell at the refs, but you can't be like super attacking towards them, if that makes any sense. Like you can't take personal jabs at them. You can toss out a ref you suck once like here and there. Like that's completely okay. But I mean like jeering the refs, now I'm starting to feel a little bad because your piece kind of opened up my eyes. It's like, you know, they get yelled at by players all the time, especially guys like Brendan Gallagher. Um, how long has your brother been refing? Um, I think for like maybe like four or five years. Like he started like in Ontario. I think the age to start refing is 14 is when you can officially like start being trained. And that's when he started. So he's 19 now. So like five years, I guess. Do you think so. you could ever ref? Could I ref? Yeah. No. I, I like people say all the time. It's like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. It's like, I don't think I could do that for a second. One, no. I skate like Bambi. And two, yeah. it's a lot of like trying to focus on different aspects of the games if someone gets clipped in the face on a high stick chances are I'm missing it yeah and you have to be able to like stay calm and I and I think sometimes maybe if you're like a sensitive person and like a coach or a player is like ripping on you and they're in your ear the whole game you have to be able to like stay calm and keep the game under control because if you start yelling back at the player like then they're it's just going to be like oh it's not good your game, the game's getting out of control and it's your job to keep the game in control. And I think that I, maybe I would lose my temper a few times with people (laughs) yelling at me. So I don't know if I could um, be a referee, but good for the people who do do it. (laughs) I'm just imagining you now yelling at people because through all the encounters I've had since we've, or since you've entered the junior hockey program, I don't think you've raised your voice once. So I'm kind of half afraid to hear you yell at people and half curious. So maybe we'll get you to ref something in the future. That's what my (laughs) friends always say that I, I never like raise my voice to people. I'm always very like even keel, but then the, they don't want to anger me because they're so afraid of what would happen if they angered me. So I'm mostly even keel all the time. Maybe that's a good, people don't cross me. Note to self, don't cross you. Very, exactly. I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Uh, no, let's that's, get I'm to, definitely not like that. <laughs> let's get to know you more for the listeners here. Um, okay. Where'd you come from? How'd you get to Ottawa? Like, let's go through your backstory and how you're becoming a journalist. So I'm originally from a small town called Alliston. It's an hour north of Toronto and half an hour south of Barrie. Most people don't know where it is, but that's kind of where you would find it on the map. Mm -hmm. Um, Growing up, I was very um, into theater and I thought I would be a performer. And I definitely thought Broadway was my path and my career future. Um, But I always kind of had an interest in writing and always an interest in sports. But I thought that you couldn't really do that as a woman. I thought that it was kind of like women don't cross into the sports territory. So I kind of pushed that down and I pretended that I hated sports. And actually my grade six public speaking um, contest speech was 
why I hate being a hockey sister. And I just basically stood on the stage for five minutes and ripped on hockey and ripped on going to my brother's games, which is actually not how I felt. I actually loved going to hockey games and I loved talking about it, but I pretended that I hated it. And then in high school, I think like in grade 12, it was time to decide like what kind of programs are you going to apply for? And it was like, Hey, are you going to go to pursue theater or are you going to be a journalist and like pursue the other passion? Um, And then in the end, I kind of chose journalism over theater because I felt like, especially I want to do broadcasting. And so I felt that it combined like my two worlds, like I could talk about sports and still kind of have that performance aspect to it. Obviously, it's not in the same like spirit as theater, but it's similar. And so I thought like, what a perfect combination of two worlds. And so I got into the Carleton Journalism Program, which is a great program. And so I moved out to Ottawa and I've been there ever since. I'm in my fourth year of the program in my final year, which is really sad and scary. But that's okay. You know, it's going to have to be an adult at some yeah. point. And so I've chosen to like f- focus more in sports um, in my education there. And I also work for the Carlton Ravens varsity um, teams doing social media for them. So I've gotten to practice a bit more in the sports world, which I'm really enjoying. And I love doing that. There's a few points here that I really want to touch on. And the one that really stood out the most is going back to grade six. I didn't think we'd be talking about grade six you today, but this is a very interesting point. Like how you tried to hide that you were such a big hockey fan. Uh, What pressures do you think women are going through early in their, like, what's the right way to put this? Early in school, like around that grade six, grade seven years, like their formative years, like where you're learning, like, how you are as a human being because let's be honest from like grade four and before you don't really know what's going on you know like you wake up you go to school mom or dad packs your lunch you call it a day like that's what's going on there um what made you like realize after that like what when how the hell do i word this at what time did you realize like hey no fuck that i love sports and like i i shouldn't have done my speech on that like did you have any regret instantly like did you go home did your brother ever find out (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I actually, I was pretty good at speech competitions. So I did make it to like the gym level. So I presented it in front of the whole school. So mm-hmm. everybody heard it. And um, I, people thought it was funny. And my brother wasn't really offended. I think he, he knew like I was doing it before he didn't really care. But like, I did have a moment when I realized that like, liking sports was okay. I think I think most of my like outside influence was from like what you see in the media and like I was obsessed with Jay and Dan as a kid like (laughs) loved them so much but I thought I couldn't be obsessed with them because they were like men in sports and people be like "Mm, like you're not going to be able to be them at any point so like the moment for me was maybe like a really random moment but I I love Dancing with the Stars that's one of my other dreams is I need to be famous strictly to be on Dancing with the Stars (laughs) but um I saw Erin Andrews on Dancing with the Stars and like in her like opening package I was already cheering for her because she was paired with my favorite professional dancer so automatically I wanted her to win but I saw her like package after like in the first episode she's like yeah like I work in sports like I'm a sports broadcaster like here like here's clips of her like in university like being like a young woman and doing sports and I was like oh my gosh wait a woman can work in sports and I think like, okay, I'm not old, but, like, when I was, like, a kid, um, there was not a lot of women, like, on sports, like, on TV, like, you didn't really see them, they didn't really exist, yeah. and so, the, and, like, Aaron Andrews was in the States, like, I didn't have ESPN, when, or I wasn't watching ESPN if I had it when I was, like, seven, so when I saw, like, saw her doing that, I was, like, oh, my gosh, there's a woman in sports, and she's doing it, and so, like, in that moment, I was kind of, like, she clearly loves sports, she cares about it, so I can care about it, too, and I, like, it took me a while to, like, get to that point of being, like, open to talking about it, and being, like, I love sports, and I know a lot about it, and, like, please listen to what I have to say, but then, like, that, like, kind of inspired me to start opening up about it, and I'm very happy that I 
you know, it was worth watching Dancing with the Stars all those years because it brought me to where I am today. <laughs> I remember watching Dancing with the Stars with my parents growing up and it was like, they were just so obsessed with it and I could not figure it out. And then I remember watching it like as an adult and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I can get down to this. This makes a lot of sense. The one show I can't get on board with though is like the mass Singer and the mass Dancer. Can't yeah. do it. Can't do yeah, it. Neither. And like for reality TV, I recently started getting into the challenge and this oh. is the first season I've ever watched of it. And I've always been like the challenge, Big Brother. It's so stupid. And then uh, one of my other jobs, it's like we run a fantasy league for the challenge. And I was like, well, I might as well watch it. Now I'm hooked and I feel like a sucker because I'm watching reality TV again. I've never um, even heard of that. And I'm, I consider myself a reality TV queen. So Okay. you need If you're the reality TV queen, it's on MTV on Wednesdays. Uh, okay. It's a bunch of competitions. Have you watched Big Brother before? No, I haven't. I've like okay. seen a few episodes. I don't really know if I feel it, but yeah, Big Brother, I didn't really feel. But the challenge is like so deceptive, and like there are oh. a ton of like hardcore physical games that they're playing, and a lot of mental games. There's a dude from America's Got Talent on there that I picked on my team because I was like, I know you from anywhere else other than the challenge. It's yeah. uh, it's a pretty interesting show. Um, interesting. Did you ever consider going into any other avenues other than like? the theater or journalism because those two fields and those two avenues are tough to break into like it's hard to break into journalism it's very hard to do so uh unless you like work your ass off were there any like backup plans for you if you were like ah, i don't want to do this i don't think i want to do this honestly no like my backup plan for theater was journalism and my backup plan for journalism was theater which i don't i don't know if i no one had never knocked some sense into me and was like, do you really think that you're going to be on Broadway? <laughs> no one ever said that to me. Maybe I needed to be knocked down a peg, but um, I've never been, I think I've never been the type of person like shy away from a challenge. And like, I've always known what I wanted. I think when you're a kid, like you change your mind as to what you want to be all the time. Like I one time I wanted to be a pilot. Like I wanted to be a teacher for about five minutes and I wanted to be a <laughs> lawyer. And then, but like sports broadcasting was like, always in like the back of my mind I always knew that that was where I was going to end up it's actually really funny I posted something on my Facebook the other day about wanting to work like working in sports broadcasting and like in sports in general and all these people from my elementary school start commenting and they're like oh my gosh I remember when you used to talk about being a sports broadcaster and I was like I thought I was hiding it in elementary school like I thought <laughs> nobody not. knew but apparently it's always been like my thing since I was a kid so I think I kind of always knew that this was mm -hmm. kind of where I was going to end up but I don't know I just I don't really care. I guess I had no fear. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And so here I am. That's actually so awesome. I admire that so much because I remember like growing up, I also loved Jane Dan growing up. It was a surreal moment when I got to work with them. I was like, okay, this is all coming full circle. But I remember going like grade six, grade seven, grade eight thinking, yeah, probably can't make a career out of that. So in high school, I was like, okay, what the hell am I going to focus on? Turns out I really like political science, science and I really like yelling at people and just talking mm. the whole time and debating and I just don't shut up and it's a great quality and a shitty quality at the same time. But then I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to go to school for poli sci. So I actually went to Carleton as well. And I was there for a year and learned very quickly that I hated poli sci in real life. It was like, hey, you can have a job up on Parliament Hill. You can go do this. You can go do that. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. Thanks. And like my best friend was there. Two of my best friends were there. Uh, we had a house lined up if I was going to stay. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I, I hated this so much. So I took like half a year off and then went to sports journalism school. And I was like, okay, this is, I think, what I was meant to do. This makes a lot more sense. So yeah, just major kudos to you for going, nope, fuck it, I'm doing this, I'm sticking to it and going through with it. And I think you made an excellent choice. Thank you. Well, I also think though, that I didn't understand the competitiveness of 
like maybe the theater industry I did understand, but sports journalism, I didn't understand because coming from a small town, it was just me who was like mm-hmm. interested in it. And like I, my high school was big, but like that, all the kids in the town were at that high school and like in surrounding towns. So and no one else was talking about that. Like no one else wanted to do it. So I just thought like, oh, it's only me. I was like, I'm going to go to this journalism school in like the nation's capital and I'm going to be unique. No one else is going to care about sports <laughs> and it's just going to be me. And then I went there and like, at the beginning of like each class they'd be like so what kind of journalism do you want to work on and like every second person was like sports I was like whoa what's going on you're stealing my shit literally I was shocked I was like wait other people want to work in sports and I think that that was like a rude awakening for me I was like okay you are not the only one you're gonna have to work a bit harder than just like being the only person from your program wanting to do it but I'm actually grateful that I had that realization after I was in university because I'm like, well, you're here now. And so, and you like it. So you're just going to stick through and just do it rather than being like intimidated before I went to university and being like, oh, there's too many people. Like I'm never Mm going to make it. So maybe it was good that I had that realization afterwards. I don't know, but yeah. I mean, I've only known you for outside of about a month and a half, but I can almost assure you that the competition in your school, like realizing that other people are doing sports was probably so good for you because I find that you're such a competitor and that you probably thrive on just other people like competing with you is the best way to put it. Am I off base here? Am I kind of right? No, I think that's pretty true. And I think one thing that I honestly love about my program is that like, obviously journalism is a super competitive industry and you're all like fighting for stories, like who's going to get that story idea first, whatever. But I also think in my program, we can be competitive with each other, but we're also like all willing to help each other. Like if you message like in the journalism group chat, you're like, hey, I'm struggling. I can't find a source. Like you're going to have like three people message back and be like, hey, I talked to this person like two years ago. Like here's their contact information. They'll be great for your story. And so I think that that's, also I think that like maybe builds me up as like a journalist because like I know I have this like awesome group of people I can Mm -hmm. count on but also like you got to work for yourself so I think that I don't know maybe that's benefited me um through my schooling I think like within all the industries I've ever worked in sports media and the people within it you'll either find will do anything to help you or are the biggest assholes you'll ever encounter in Mm. your life there is like no happy middle ground where someone's going to be like yeah I'll help you eventually I'll get to it it's either yep here are all my sources here's what I can do for you do you need me to message this guy do you want an introduction or it's red and that's it and you're just ghosted and no one likes being ghosted no matter what situation it is but like journalism such a tricky tricky thing but I want to dive into this theater discussion with you right now um oh my gosh I've been to Broadway once in my whole life and I remember when I went to New York I was like I don't really care for Broadway don't want to go this is stupid. And, but I was like, okay, I'm doing the stereotypical tourist trap in New York. I did Central Park. I went to like the top of the rock. I did all that stuff. I was like, I might as well go see a show. I saw Wicked and it was mind blowing. Like I now love going to the theater. I ended up seeing Come From Away in Toronto. I was like, this is fantastic. I love this so much. Uh, What are your favorite theater shows that you've seen or Broadway shows? Well, I've been also only been to Broadway once and I also saw Wicked. So Wicked okay. I think was like the show that kind of like introduced me into theater. I that was like the first one that I was like singing Defying Gravity, like practicing, like that I wanted to be Alphabet. Like I think that's probably one of my dream roles. If I ever venture back over to the theater side, I think that would mm-hmm. be like my dream role. But um 
Les Mis is like an absolute classic and that's one of my favorites of all time also I think when that like the movie got me into Les Mis but then I saw it in Toronto and I remember like before my aunt took me and she was like Johanna just remember this is not a sing-along nobody (laughs) wants to hear you sing and I'm like what the heck this is like a crazy experience but that was like (laughs) nobody wants to hear you sing do you like do you sing out loud in front of people all the time kind of thing oh yeah absolutely like my I like live with three other girls in Ottawa and me and my one roommate have been like best friends since like grade eight and we were obsessed with Les Mis together and we made our roommates watch Les Mis a couple weeks ago and they were like oh my god like they don't care about theater and we've got like all like all the songs like down we've got the choreography like we're ready it's like we're here to perform and they're like oh my gosh what's happening right they were probably so mind blown you guys were probably like up and dancing and like singing your hearts out and they were probably sitting there like what the fuck well I think like in the first week when we had moved in with them my roommate and I were like obsessed with In the Heights like another Broadway show it's Mm -hmm. like Lin-Manuel Miranda's first show before Hamilton and we're like obsessed with it so we're rapping like the song like just going hard and they're like what is happening they probably went to their rooms after and we're like should we have moved in with these absolute (laughs) crazy people now like are they only gonna rap like do they talk (laughs) but yeah those are like my shows or the sound of music also has been like a huge part of my life since I was Mm -hmm. a kid so that's like I would say the sound of music is probably my favorite movie as well ever wow Um, okay but yeah so it's definitely the top one but yeah I love them all and if it's a musical I probably like it Sound of Music has like a special place in my heart because growing up as a kid, my mom used to watch it all the time and like I would end up watching it with her. And it's funny you actually mentioned it today that you were talking about Sound of Music. Yesterday, I went upstairs uh, to go talk to my mom and she was hanging out and she was watching Sound of Music. I was like, okay, this is weird. I was like, one, you're watching it without me. And two, like, what a coincidence that you brought it up now. Like not a lot of people talk about Sound of Music. That's just a known fact. And it's, that's so weird to me. It's bizarre. It's kind of mind blowing. Um, well, I will let you-, you into a family secret. Okay. That we, we have a sound of music party every single year with like my family and a bunch of other families. <laughs> and we dress up as like characters from the movie. Like they, my parents started doing this like before I was born. So like you have to get like creative and like mm-hmm. dress as like the gates or like something, a like random s- background. Anything, character. yeah. Yeah, like anything. But like we've been doing that for as long as I can remember. And so that's, I think, why I love The Sound of Music so much. But yeah, that's the beginning. Do you have any memorable costumes that you had to wear or like characters you had to dress up as? Well, typically when we were younger, like the kids were always the kids. So I was always Brigitte, but I think, cause I was always around my age and where I fell in the line of children. Um, yeah. But the most, I think, famous costume that my family did was one day my dad decided that we were gonna be the, um, what are they called? Like the puppets. I, I don't know why the real word's escaping me. And so my brother and I had like, we had to be the goats. And so we had like our like lambs wool blankets like wrapped around us. And my dad had like created these ears for us. And then he like put like string on our arms and like two by fours. And we like went to our friend's house, like dressed like this. And I was, oh my God. I think I was like nine. I was like, there's nothing more embarrassing than this right now. Like, I just can't be a part of this. But now I look back and I'm like, that was so funny. But there, as a kid, it was not funny. Is there photo evidence of this? Yeah, there's footage somewhere. Okay. I don't want to see it. Oh, I, I need you to find it because I need to see this. That whole visual oh, yeah. is just making me laugh. My brother was so upset. Like, to this day, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I can't <laughs> believe you made me do that. Like, just mortified him from an early age. Yeah. 
Um, karaoke nights. What is your go-to karaoke song? Like, let's say you're at a bar. Do you not care that there's people all around? Like, are you busting out a theater tune? Uh, probably. Like, I think if it was like if they had theater songs on tap, I feel like my like two best friends and I, we'd probably get up there and probably do ninety-six thousand from In the Heights. Like oh, that nice. yeah, yeah. is our song. And we usually like at my birthday this year we whipped it out and my parents were like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like what do these like kids do? You know, you think like, oh, early twenties, like they're probably out like having wild times all the time. Like, no, we just lock yeah. ourselves in our rooms and we practice and we have parts and everything. Like we're ready to perform. So I think we would probably do that. I don't really care. Theater, That's- you know, it's fun. It is fun. Like, that's such an adult answer, too. Because I guarantee you, if you ask anyone else, like, around our age, like, oh, what's your go-to karaoke song? It'll be, like, something ridiculous, top 40. And just, or like, I don't even know. Well, I don't even know the last time I did karaoke was this virus. <laughs> I used to love True. going to karaoke. And I was one of those idiots that would just sing, like, the Fresh Prince theme song. Oh. Or, yeah, yeah. I it, it depends how many beers I had mm. before karaoke. Like, if there's no beers before karaoke, I'll sing a song that I can actually sing. If mm-hmm. there's a lot of beers before karaoke, it's probably the Fresh Prince theme song. Um, my one buddy sings Oh, What a Night, uh, December 1963. And Classic. we've turned it into a duet. And so we oh both gosh. go up there. And it's the most fun I'll ever have. Like, it's hilarious. I've done it once with them, and I need to go do it again. Norm, if you're listening, uh, karaoke, please, when this virus ends. My buddy Norm, too, like, throughout Christmas, and we'll get into the holidays, uh, he does these 12 songs at Christmas, and he just gets on his Instagram story with his guitar and plays Christmas songs. It's incredible. And then during the beginning of the pandemic, he was doing, like, song requests. So I was sending him every hard song I could think of, and he was nailing every single one. Can you play any musical instruments? Um, I did piano as a kid and then I quit and that is like the biggest regret of my life. Mm-hmm. But then I taught, I taught myself guitar when I was like, maybe in like grade seven. So I can play the guitar, probably not well, as well as I think I can, but I, that's like my one instrument that I can do. I, uh, I had the same thing with piano. My parents forced me into piano lessons and I absolutely hated it. I was like, this is mm-hmm. stupid. This is stupid. And I think it was because all my piano teachers were like, yeah, you're going to play classical music and classical mm-hmm. music only. And I was like, well, that sucks. And I had a teacher yeah. in Mississauga who I'll never forget. He, I lasted one week with him because I hit the wrong note once and he hit my hand with the ruler. I was like, you can get the fuck out of here. I'm not dealing with oh this. My gosh. Yeah. And I what was like, heck? I was like in grade five, I was in grade five when that happened. And I told my parents about it and they're like, yeah, that's not going to fly. And they went in like complained. I'm pretty sure the dude got fired for that. Yeah. Like you can't hit kids on the hands. Like, that's no, just like not maybe, a thing. Maybe in the 1960s. But yeah. Like <laughs> not <laughs> present day, like 2005 or whenever that was, you can't just be like, oh no, gosh. wrong note. Whack. I was like. I'm done with this, like completely done. Oh I think God. I've had a lot of weird piano teachers too. I used to have one piano teacher who would take off her shoes and her socks. And I was like, why? Mm. And I, I don't like feet. Like I'll just be flat out with that. I don't no. understand like people who love feet and won't even dive into that because it's just weird. Um, but like, I remember going to my first piano lesson with her and one of the songs that I had to play required the pedal. And as soon as the lesson started, she got off like socks and shoes. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta touch that pedal, don't I? I was like, even though I'm wearing like shoes, like this is just gross. No, at least she didn't make you take your shoes and socks off. Oh my God, I would have been like, I'm leaving now too, goodbye. That would have been back, it was back-to-back teachers. Like that was the teacher I had after Mr. Hand hit her too. I think guitar too, I did the same thing. I taught myself how to play. And I'd like to consider myself very like campfire-y 
able mm-hmm. like if you need a campfire tune i'm your guy i can do that for you if you need me to rip a solo for you can't do it to no. save my life but any four yeah. chord song sure same like if it has like an f chord i probably can't do it so oh, yeah, don't that one's hard that one's like hard. i'll just transpose like the um tab for like the guitar tab for like as long until i get that f chord out yeah. there and i'm like oh now it's only c like e minor and like yeah. b perfect i'll do that yeah i can move my hand in these little shapes right here throwing yeah, a g absolutely. yeah i can do that in a heartbeat Um, one of the first things I ever learned about you is that you absolutely love Christmas, like beyond love Christmas, like have heated takes on your favorite movie on Christmas, won't accept any other answers kind of thing. By the time this episode comes out, I'm hoping it comes out before Christmas, but in case you're listening after Christmas, here's what we're going to do to make it safe. We're going to rank the holidays. I, uh, on this show, we sometimes go off the rails. And as you can tell, sometimes there's no hockey talk because it's just a conversation. Uh, I feel like ranking the holidays with you is a must need. It needs to happen right now. Um, We'll do our top three and then we'll do like our worst two. Um, Hit me with your third best holiday. I'm going to think two because I have no idea what I'm going to choose. I take this very seriously, so I do already have my top three. Right? Do you have, like how many do you think you have listed right now? Um, I definitely have my top three. Okay. I know what my bottom one is. Oh my I god! Uh, and but like yeah. this is not prepared at all. I didn't tell you to prep for this whatsoever. No, it depends so on all accounting and holidays. Okay. Oh, um, I'm obsessed with holidays. They're my thing. Do you send out cards on holidays and stuff like that? Actually. Uh, my best friend and I do a Christmas card every year and at first we were like people are gonna hate this but no I, I love that kind of stuff ev- every year people are like okay where's Johanna and Olivia's Christmas card and like <laughs> we do a photo shoot like nobody can know what the pictures are until like it's done and we had to let our other best friend best friend in on it this year because he needed to photoshop some of the photos which we were like oh my gosh this is so annoying because like he's not supposed to know and he was so upset he was like it should be a surprise and we're like you are the only one who can photoshop so you have to be a part of it and he took the pictures for us and in the end I think now he's got like a whole plan for like our next year um shoot but we do like different themes every year and do something so yes I I send out Christmas cards not the other cards not other holidays but Christmas cards yeah what what previous themes have you had in the past well, the first, we started them like three years ago. So the first one we did, we didn't really have anything good. We just kind of mm-hmm. like took Christmas themed photos. Then last year we did it that like she, we, it was like we were, we were gifts basically. And so like she was like hidden in a stocking and then I like opened it and like she was the gift in the stocking. And then like our <laughs> caption was like giving you the gift of friendship this Christmas or something <laughs> like that. And then this year we this is so embarrassing and I hope she doesn't kill me for saying this we were at the mall and we saw these like elf outfits for ten dollars and we were like you have to do that we are gonna have to buy the elf outfits and so we bought the elf outfits and then we recreated like famous scenes from elf and like (laughs) we we went out in Ottawa to you know the scene where he's like hopping across like the yes and almost gets hit by a car yeah that we went out and we were hopping across and we were like oh my gosh we can't go on a main street and what we discovered in trying to find because you know how he's like hopping on the lines right yeah what we discovered is that those lines are only on crosswalks in busy intersections yeah. and we said under no circumstances are we getting out of the car in these outfits to hop across a busy intersection <laughs> in ottawa like no way so luckily we found one we like did a huge Google Maps search and yeah. found one in like the back parking lot of a library. So somewhere. you mean you didn't go to Byward and hop around? 
Oh, absolutely not. That In our outfits, that would have been so embarrassing. It would have been the best. I promise you, if I was walking by and I saw that, I would have been like, what the fuck is going on? And I would have like, it would have been like a car accident where you, you're like, I got to look. But when you're driving, it's like, but I shouldn't. I should focus on the road. But no, yeah. I would have definitely looked. Oh my gosh, it was that like the other ones we were able to do in our house, but that specific scene we had to do outside. And then we were considering going to the mall and doing like the scene, like when he's like on the escalator in like the yeah. department store. But then we were like, we can't do that. Like, there's no way we're going to try to do that. These in sound incredible. The yeah, and we put a lot of work into these. Yeah, and I feel like you'll never run out of content ideas because there's so many Christmas movies exactly we like sit there in her room and we're like okay hey, what are we gonna do this year like what are we gonna and then it like came to both of us at the same time we're like elf duh yeah. we have these costumes and so it worked out perfectly this year i don't know what we're gonna do next year but i i, I want to get on this mailing list for next year's christmas cards or this year's if I it's not too you. late i i need <laughs> to see this this sounds incredible i'm all for christmas traditions i'm all for like doing anything around the holidays that's remotely fun like decorating gingerbread houses i'll do it mm. in a heartbeat don't count me out Absolutely. i'll do any of that kind of stuff like that is so fun to do it's just tough to do when you're working all the goddamn time um all right let's get to these rankings number three okay. on your top three what is it number three for me is easter i love okay. easter i there's the easter for me it's like the vibe of easter like the pastel colors i take easter very seriously with my outfits like i feel everything... like you take every holiday seriously i do i do take every holiday seriously but i think what I like about Easter is that, like, okay, I'm religious, so, like, I like, obviously, it's very important in, like, the Catholic Church, but also, I just feel like Easter, now that I've gotten older, like, when I was a kid, is all about the Easter Bunny, obviously, mm -hmm. but as I've gotten older, it's become, like, less about that, and, like, being with my family, like, at Easter, and, like, because I'm Catholic, we do, like, Good Friday and, like, Easter Sunday with family, yep. and so I'm, like, it's a whole weekend of just, like, having fun with your family, and, like, and great food. not, yeah and great food and like not being distracted and like i love like fish is my favorite food so mm. on good friday being only able to eat fish perfect like no complaints here yeah. so i love easter i love the pastel colors i love everything about it and like the feeling of like spring like when easter's in march i hate that but when easter's in april like that beautiful like spring feeling and like it's new and like oh i love easter that's my third one it's hard for me to pick to put easter in third but i've decided that that's what it is I don't know what you're going to pick for two. Oh, I know one. I think I know one for sure. If I yeah. guess one wrong, then I'm kind of stupid. My mm -hmm. number three, that's tough. I don't know, because I know my two and one for sure. Mm -hmm. Three, I don't know. I'm doing, I'm doing a top two. I'm doing a top two. You, okay, I'm, so I'm ill-prepared for the third one, and I don't want to copy Easter. Um, I'll kick us off with two, though. I love Thanksgiving. Okay. I think Thanksgiving is mm. a phenomenal holiday. I love turkey. I love stuffing. I love just, well, this year was different, like not being able to see a lot of friends and family, mm -hmm. but uh, Thanksgiving is a perfect time. And like you said, with Easter too, in the beginning, Thanksgiving to me was like just a great day to have turkey. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Didn't care about anything else. But as you grow up and especially like during the pandemic now, you realize that Thanksgiving is a is just more than that like I reached out to more people this Thanksgiving than I think I ever have and it felt really weird and adultish but I mean yeah. it felt right at the same time like just letting people know like hey I give a shit about you thanks for being around yeah. like that's all it is like you don't have to like type two novels to them and be like hey mm -hmm. you're the best person ever I love you I love you blah 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 it's like thanks mm -hmm. for being in my life you're a cool person <laughs> that's all you really need to do sure. and I did mention turkey and stuffing the greatest Obviously. combination ever uh, holiday foods I just love so much cranberry sauce mashed potatoes I don't like cranberry sauce what I don't know have you had like about it have you had homemade cranberry sauce before 
yeah my mom home oh, makes well, it but i can't help ooh. you anymore really i just don't like it something about it like oh, ugh, i don't know it freaks me out. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think my problem is i don't like my food touching and so mm. why would i want to put cranberries like cranberries is its that's own true thing. okay i don't I'll give want you that, it with the I, other thing i need it like in a separate dish i don't like the oh. red cranberry sauce touching everything because then yeah. my mashed potatoes are like pink and sweet and like no no no, i don't want that so then how do you eat it I just have it like in a little, no, I just have like a little separate bowl and I just eat out of it. Oh, you just eat it by itself. Yeah, I don't top it on anything, but I don't, I don't have like a ton of cranberry sauce. Otherwise I just get sick. I have like a little amount where I get like three or four forkfuls. Oh, I didn't know people did that. Now I feel weird. Now I think I'm the weird one. That Well, maybe if I try it like that, maybe I thought you put it on turkey. No, like everyone in my family does that and I don't get it at all. Like it makes no sense because it makes the turkey taste sweet. And I'm not yeah. a big proprietor, big fan of like sweet meat and sweet foods. No. So yeah, I just always have it like either far off on the side of my plate where it won't touch anything or I have it like in a little bowl. Maybe if I try it by itself, maybe I'll have a different opinion. That might be the way to it. go. I just don't want to ruin any holiday dinners for you now. That's, I will not be touching it onto anything. So don't worry about that. Okay, I won't good. ruin anything else. <laughs> what is, sure. uh, what's your number two? The same, Thanksgiving. I okay. love Thanksgiving. And like the fall colors, like, oh, it's so beautiful. Sweater weather is the best too. Yeah. Fall is my favorite season. And for like anyone in America, I'm so sorry, but I just feel like your Thanksgiving is not the same as ours because if it's cold at your, like, that's like, if you live like in like Northern United States, like when their climate is similar to ours, like in Southern Ontario, if it's like snowing over your Thanksgiving like that's not the same you need like the Mm -hmm. trees and like the leaves and like going to the pumpkin patch with the leaves and going for like Thanksgiving walks like through the forest with all the red leaves like it's not the same no I don't know way different like I understand that Thanksgiving in the states you get football and all that and it's tradition blah 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 but I'll take the trees any single day of the week the two-week period in the fall where the trees are like so vibrant and they haven't fallen off the leaves yet is the best part of the year the second Absolutely. that all of the leaves fall off, but it's like wet and soggy, worst Ugh. time of the year. <laughs> no. And personally, like I have, I love the sound of crunching leaves. Yes. Like I will go out of my way to crunch the leaves, which inconveniences any person who tries to walk with me, but like I <laughs> need to crunch them. And so like, they're fine on the ground if they're crunchable, but the second they get soggy, it's ruined. It's over. I don't oh, it's want awful. them anymore. I, I have a yeah. love-hate relationship with leaves because I golf too much for my own good. And oh. uh, my shots don't go straight 99% of the time. And I'm not afraid <sighs> to admit that. <clears throat> um, but when I lose a golf ball in the leaves, it's like, well, I, there's nothing I can do here. To the point where I've considered buying a mini leaf blower and bringing it on the golf course. <laughs> and like You should do that. I mean, I'd lose a lot less balls. Because we play with the rule where it's if you can't find your ball and like the group can't find your ball within the leaves, you just drop another one for free, which is awesome because usually like I say my ball is in the leaves here, but I know it's in the forest. And it's like, well, I'll just drop here and save a stroke. But a leaf flower fixes that. Um, True. Before we dive into the number one uh, holiday for the both of us here, which I think is going to be a tie. Um, I agree. <laughs> what is your favorite like Thanksgiving food? We know it's not cranberry sauce. No, definitely not. I think like food or like dessert. Ooh, I'll include desserts. Actually, let's do both. Okay. My favorite like main like food for Thanksgiving is stuffing. Yeah. Like my mom mm-hmm. makes it homemade the best every time. And my favorite dessert is pecan pie with like homemade whipped cream. Oh. Can never go wrong with pecan pie. My grandpa and I, like m- weeks before Thanksgiving, we're like, 
hi, like, has anyone bought us our pecan pie? And like our personal pecan pies because we don't want to share. We're not sharing. <laughs> yeah. And my grandpa and I like, oh, we love pecan pie. I, I haven't had a good pecan pie in a long time. I've had like tarts and stuff, but I haven't had like yeah. a good pie in a long time. Yeah. Uh, favorite meal, definitely stuffing. Same thing with you. Mm. My mom makes this homemade stuffing and it's just phenomenal. Even if there's like an excuse to make stuffing, she knows I love it. She'd be like, I made stuffing. Do you want some? It's like, yes, I do. Yeah. It could be like a random day throughout the year. And it's like, I will have this with anything. I don't care. Uh, favorite dessert. I love strawberry rhubarb pie. That's like mm. my go-to. And I know we were talking about how cranberry sauce is like too sweet. Strawberry rhubarb pie is just perfect. It has yeah. the strawberries, the rhubarb, and usually it has like the chunks of sugar on top. Oh, mm. I haven't eaten today, so I'm very hungry. And this is just this an is not awful a good conversation. conversation to have. But we need yeah. to get to number one, Christmas unanimous. Absolutely. It has to down. be. It, it, like, it's the best time of the year. You get to do so mm -hmm. many fun things. Um, you get to hang out with friends and family on a normal occasion. And like, as you grow up, it's not about the presents anymore. It's no. honestly like not even close to being about the presents. It's just about like, I now associate Christmas with like a break too, which is kind of yeah, nice. Um, sure. but yeah, like decorating the tree, my, mm -hmm. uh, at my parents' house, they go like nuts with the decorations inside the banister all the way up to the like top of the stairs is covered in garland and lights. I think we have three different trees set up in the house. We have the main tree. We have one like in the living room. And then I'm pretty sure my mom set one up in the, in the family room too. Uh, outside is decorated to death. Like it's an event here. It, like yeah. at my parents' house, it's crazy. Yeah, it's the same for me at my parents' house. And also like at my house in Ottawa, like my roommates and I, November 1st, like ready, grab the Christmas tree. Yeah. Like we have our Christmas tree out. We're like putting up the decorations, like full swing on November 1st. And then we're just in Christmas like mode until like actual Christmas. And like same for my parents' house. Like we have two Christmas trees and it's just, oh, it's the whole like, it's and I have a Christmas best. personal Christmas tree in my room. Nice. Gotta go overboard. Oh, I just love it so much. And like every time, like I would, if I was at home right now, I've been kicked out of my home to my mom's work. Um, but if I was at home, you would see all the Christmas stuff behind me and it's just so beautiful. And I just, oh, it's so warm and cozy. I love it. I haven't had time to set up my personal Christmas tree. So I have the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, which is like right uh, there. Yeah. Yes. And that's been my tree this year. Um, I, I just love every part of Christmas. It's Absolutely. a lot of like just being able to go home, a lot of being able to just do nothing, which is so nice. Yeah. And I like also, we were talking about the food. Mm -hmm. I feel like Christmas is like that holiday that you can extend, you know, like Thanksgiving mm -hmm. or like Easter. It's kind of like that weekend or like the week before even maybe. Yeah. But like Christmas, like November 1st, it's Christmas now. So like, I guess not in the States because you have to wait for Thanksgiving, which would be another mm -hmm. reason why Thanksgiving in the States would not be as perfect for me. But like you can like a whole like month, like all of December basically is Christmas. Oh, you yeah. can really and you, extend you get it. Christmas until like New Year's. You're yeah, allowed you, to like go that far. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know that like for us, like we don't, we keep our Christmas tree up until like January 6th because that's like yep. technically when like the wise men come. Yeah, so yep. like, same in, our, in my parents' house. Yeah, you can keep it going for so long. Like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like, you keep the good feelings going. Like, I love it. I, I remember when I lived downtown Toronto, I had this apartment that had two balconies and was like a corner unit. So a lot of the other buildings could like see into it, which sounds so creepy now that I think of it. Yeah. Um, it living downtown Toronto is just the weirdest experience ever. A lot of fun, a lot of like just individuality, a lot of just independence, but also 
a lot of people and it's kind of overwhelming at times but uh this corner unit had like a pillar in the corner that I would decorate with garland and lights and that would be my Christmas tree for like the first year I was there and then I was like okay I need an actual Christmas tree so I ended up getting one but the point of the story is I would decorate at about November 1st like right after Halloween kind of thing and I decorated like my railings and I decorated the pole and then I remember the first night I turned them on I went out into the balcony I was like this is cool I'm like proud of myself here and I looked around and nobody else had done their lights so I was like oh so it's just me now (laughs) and then I remember the bulk of people didn't decorate until like the week before Christmas I was like these are missing out. It's like, you got to do this now early in November yeah. and just have it up. I mean, yeah, my power bill went up. Of course it does, but it's worth it for the spirit of Christmas. Absolutely. It's worth it for those like warm feelings. Yeah. Like the nothing beats if you're either working at home or you're like coming home and just turning on your Christmas lights and just Absolutely. it's such a cozy feeling. Like you're saying, you feel like the weight's lifted off your shoulders for the day. You can just hang out yeah. and do whatever. For uh, me, like I, I sleep in. So for me, the moment is when you yes. wake up in the morning and your parents already have the Christmas tree light on and like the lights are on, like the garland. We have like lights above our fireplace mantle. Like yeah. that, I'm like, when that's on and I come downstairs, I'm like, oh, this is the feeling. Like this yeah. is what I'm here for. And then Christmas morning when you do the same thing, it's like that, but times 10. Absolutely. Um, the worst holiday for me, by far, above and beyond. Actually, no, not by far. I have two. I have two worst okay. holidays here. One of them is New Year's Eve. I don't like New Year's Eve. I think it's also because I've worked the last like five New Year's Eves. Mm. I've never had a good New Year's Eve. Um, There's a lot of like weird, sad stories that I just don't want to dive into. I don't think that's podcast appropriate. Um, But I I don't know. I just don't understand the hype around New Year's Eve. I would never go to New York City for New Year's Eve. Not in a million years. Because I've heard all the stories about people having to wear like adult diapers. And I promise you that won't be happening to me unless I direly need it in my older years like none of that's happening right now i just don't like new year's eve it's not a fun holiday to me i uh, i'd rather work and that says a lot yeah fair enough uh that's that's my yeah it's the number one most hated holiday for me i think makes sense i hadn't really thought about that one i forgot about new year's eve yeah i just don't i like new year's day i think new year's day is great there's football Mm, there's there's a lot going on and people are putting out their uh New Year's resolutions on Facebook and it's hilarious sometimes mm-hmm. eh, but like yeah what's what's your uh, most hated holiday I think my most hated holiday is St. Patrick's Day because okay. I don't understand what the reason is for it and I don't know I feel like maybe like in university like I liked it more as a kid I think because like my parents would take us like bowling and we would do like fun things because it's like oh it's St. Patrick's Day wear green but now I'm like I don't understand I think it's because I live in Ottawa and so people go to Kingston for their St. Patty's Day thing which I don't under it's it's March why would you want to stand outside in the cold and like you're not putting on your winter jacket so why am I going to stand outside in a jean jacket and like minus 20 and like drink like I I personally I don't really like St. Patrick's Day and so I don't think I've in like all my years of university I don't think I've ever done anything for St. Patrick's Day which is probably not the usual but it's not really my thing I don't I don't really like St. Patrick's Day. I don't really see the point of it. And also, this is because I'm Italian, so I'm going to have to defend it. But everyone says St. Patrick is Irish, but he's not. He was Italian. So we're making it all about Ireland. I did Ireland. not know that. Yeah. He, the, the reason why it's about Ireland is I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. This might be not true. But he, he's definitely Italian. But I think the reason why it's Irish is because he's St. Patrick because he took all the snakes out of Ireland. That was what he did. That like made uh... him a saint. But he's Italian. So... Why? You're getting no love on this holiday whatsoever. Yeah, 
people don't realize. I think only Italians know that because it's yeah. very Italian to be offended by that. <laughs> but I'm like, what the heck? Why? Why is it all about Ireland? What about the Italians? Maybe, we I think him. that's. I think that's why you don't like St. Patrick's Day. Probably. Although, Pro- like, I don't understand. I, I had one St. Patrick's Day in Ottawa when I was there and my best friend got so unbelievably drunk and that's a story for another time um I have a very short tolerance for drunk people like can't handle people when they're just hammered around me I get it if you're drunk sure whatever like have a good time as long as you're not pissing me off but hammered people usually have a tendency of just being jackasses and it's like I can't tolerate that and I learned that like throughout university it's like can't do this so like my idea of st patrick's day is i'll go to the bar and i'll have like one green beer i'll be like cool mm. did it see you later bye done with this yeah like i don't need one day of the year dedicated to getting drunk don't need it no like no. I, I get it in university kids are like oh i'm gonna go get wasted and like blackout it's like cool then you're gonna realize that that's not a lot of fun waking up the next morning yeah like, and it's like one of those holidays that like you don't get the day off for it and it'll no. fall like in the middle of the week and so everyone's like I'm not going to classes and I'm going to do all this stuff again. But personally, I take school very seriously. So I'm like, I'm going to class. Yeah, I'm going to do anything other than just get wasted and black out and hate my life. Like, that's just not for me. And like you see people like this is more for our Canadian listeners now. You see people go to like Ezra Street in Waterloo and do that whole like I did that once. And I remember being just overwhelmed going, this was awful. And I showed up like late because I didn't want to go. And my buddy's like, just go, just go, just go. I remember driving home because I did not drink. I was like, fuck this. This is stupid. And like the plan was for me to stay at his place. I had my bag and everything. I got out of the car, parked it at his place, and then found him. And I was like, well, you're drunk as shit. And I looked at everyone else. I was like, I'll stay for an hour. I was like, I'm not dealing with this. This is just too much for me. And like, it's not to say I'm a party pooper. And it's not to say like, oh, I'm an adult. I don't like going and getting hammered, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I I enjoy a drink. Like I enjoy having a bottle of wine and not realizing I drank a whole bottle. Like that's a great night to me. Sure. But it's just like, I don't need, like I was saying earlier, that one day of the year to be like, I'm going to get blackout and that's it. I don't understand that anymore. 19 year old me is probably screaming at me right now, but like, I just (laughs) don't understand it. It makes no sense. Yeah. No, me. And then when you're the one who's not blackout, you're the one who takes care of everybody else. Yeah, And it's the worst. It's the worst to be that person. So, and like, I don't want to bring vomit up because I think it's disgusting. Like, but if someone needs help with that, I'm like, ah, uh-uh. ah. Because if I watch you no. do that, I'm doing that right now. I've I've laid down the line now. It's like I will help you. I will help you be safe, and I will help you get home safely. Yeah. But if you're throwing up, you know your tolerance and you know your limit. So you got to this point on your own. So now that's a your problem. And so if yeah. you're gonna throw up, clean it up and deal with it yourself. I'm not helping you. Sorry. Have a good day. And that's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I think i just experienced my first sass from you and <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of more now um I, like i get getting drunk sure whatever but like you said i'm not cleaning up anyone's stuff and that's not happening no. i will call you an uber and pay for it and then text you and be like hey yeah. you owe me 15 bucks sure or if it's like a good friend i'll be like fuck it whatever you do the same for yeah. me but like if you're all over the place and getting kicked out of bars i don't want to be around you i, I want nothing to do with that i don't like getting kicked no. out of bars i don't think i've ever been kicked have i no, I've never been kicked out of a bar. Have you been kicked out of a bar? No, I haven't. Okay. I've, and I don't yeah. think I ever would. No, I'm not I, the I wild like type. You, yeah, I feel like you got to do a lot to get kicked out of a bar. Yeah. Like a tremendous amount of just assholery is a new word. I've had friends get kicked out. Yeah. And I say, bye. I watch them out the door. Yeah. But it's like just yeah, because you me. get kicked out, you're not ruining my night. 
no, absolutely not. Sorry, but I'll help you get home. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember what bars are like anymore because of this pandemic. No, I know. Which is like, like, and I enjoyed because me and my buddies are all on different like work schedules. Like I work wacky media hours. My one buddy works overnights at a factory. Like we're all over the place, but we'd make time like once every couple of weeks to go to the bar, have a beer, catch up kind of thing. And now Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know what to do. We tried the whole yeah. Zoom thing of like having a couple of drinks over Zoom, but it in the beginning of the pandemic it kind of worked, but now it's like it kind of doesn't work and it's just it's one of those yeah. things that yeah, I don't like I can I've learned I can live without the bar in my wallet thanks me for it, but like mm-hmm. I miss those small social interactions. For sure, it's so difficult without it. Um I want to talk about this because it was one of the first pieces that I read from you going full circle here. You wrote a piece on blind hockey. Yeah, I didn't know blind hockey was a thing. Like, I'll be completely I'm very upfront. About it. Yeah, and I could tell, like, through all your work you've ever done and showed me, you your passion shines through, and it's a ridiculous amount. But it's without being biased, which is a whole other thing. I could like spiel about your writing style for half an hour, but I won't do that. <laughs> um, but this blind hockey piece, I read it, and I read it again today before this interview, and it's just it's a story like it's not even like a piece that's like hey this is what blind hockey is it's a full-fledged story um what made you get so passionate about it well it's actually been like a bit of a journey my blind hockey journey I basically had to do like an event story for a class I think this was in second year I think and I was like looking on Facebook events I was like hey gotta find something like come on and then I saw this like blind hockey I don't know if it was like a tournament or like a clinic thing at like um TD place in Ottawa and I was like okay like this is kind of interesting so I like reached out and I was like hey like can I come like can I cover the event and um the guy who's like the program director Luca DeMontis he's so nice and he was like absolutely like come and he was so helpful and like setting me up to like talk to the players and then I got super into it because like I had also never heard of blind hockey like when I when I read when the event on Facebook I was like what I was like this like seems unreal to me and all my friends were like wait you're going to cover blind hockey like what even is that and I was like I have no idea I'm gonna find out and I'm gonna tell you because like we need to know what this is and I went and it was so unbelievable and like the thing for me is that like I was kind of like I think everyone has this notion in their head that like blind hockey like how are the blind people going to play hockey? But yep. they are so talented. And like, it was like watching a normal hockey game. Like if I, without like the sound of like the puck, cause like that's how they track where the puck is, is there's like eight ball bearings in the, and like the puck is bigger than a normal puck, yeah. but there's eight ball bearings in the puck so they can hear where it is. And just, if it wasn't for that sound, like I would have no idea that I was watching blind hockey. Like mm-hmm. it looks like a normal hockey game. They're so talented. So then that piece that you're talking about was a longer like feature piece that was in my event story. And because after I like did the event story, I was like, I need to learn more about this. Like I need to learn more about the people who are playing it. Because I talked to some of the people, um, some of the players um, at the tournament thing I was at. And then I was like, I need to talk to them more. Like I need to know your story. And it was just so interesting. And like, I'm, I want like blind hockey to be like known about. I want people to know about it because it's so (laughs) unbelievable. And they're trying to make it more known and spread it to other countries. And like, I know that USA has a program and like Finland's got into it now and they're growing and it's so awesome to see about it. And they have like camps. Like I also went to, I follow every time they are in Ottawa, I message. You're like, like, deep like, into this. Yeah, Cause I think it's so interesting. And I think that it's something that nobody knows about and that people need yeah. to know about. And I went to like their clinic where they're like teaching um, youth um, how to play. I think it was like a youth blind hockey camp. I could be wrong. I don't have the name in my head, but I went and I was like, this is so like unbelievable. And like, 
it, I talked to some of the kids at the um, camp and it was so like great to hear them be like, I didn't know that I could play hockey. Like I didn't have this opportunity. And now like through their like spreading like Canadian blind hockey um, started it. And so to, and like, I now I've started to know the people there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so unbelievable. And the, th- the work they're doing is so great. Yeah. And I just, I think it's so unbelievable. And I think people, more people need to know about it. I'm very like passionate about you it. You are, you're, you're like fired up to talk about it. it like yeah. me and my buddies were talking about hockey this morning in our group chat. And as I was in my meeting, I was like reading your piece over again and I was texting my buddies and I messaged the group and I was like, did you, did you guys know that blind hockey is a thing? Like, I, I think my text was, I'm going to pull it up here. <laughs> did you know blind hockey exists? And I had three question marks sent back to me from three different people. And I was like, legitimately, it's like visually impaired people playing hockey. And I YouTubed it. They ended up YouTubing it. And we had a conversation for like half an hour about blind hockey and like how it's unbelievable like we we had no idea it was a thing and like i'd like to consider that friend group of mine there like we love hockey we think it's the greatest sport it's our favorite sport but we had no idea and i just feel partially ignorant towards that it's like how the hell didn't i know this but like now i'm just excited to learn more about it because it, it's yeah. so unique and like the eight ball bearing i learned about that in your piece too that the puck is different it, it's just so unique to me and i think like you said it needs more awareness for sure and i think like the first time I went and like my first experience with blind hockey was like just talking to the people like I went and I like I was obviously covering the event but like other than like talking to people like they were just playing like a scrimmage game so there wasn't as much to cover and that wasn't the point of my story the point of my story wasn't that they were having a scrimmage the point of story was like there's blind hockey and you need to know about it and just like talking to like the wives and like the parents and the family members they're like listening to them talk about like the experience and like how proud they are of like these athletes and like the players I was like oh my gosh like this is so crazy. And like that story isn't published. Like it's just on my blog, mm-hmm. um, which like kind of hurts my heart because I want people to know about it. Um, well, I mean, you I, have an outlet. I know. Should we publish it? Um, I but so. I like, I, I, I now have you. a bias for it. Yeah, well, I just, um, I think it's so unbelievable. And I think that like they have like a tournament um, every year and it's been like growing so much. And I just think that the more people know about it, I guess, I don't know what's going to happen with COVID this year. Um, mm-hmm. but and how the tournament's going to play out but people need to know about it people need to go like you need to watch blind hockey because I, I you'll be amazed to. and the Canada like national team like they're unbelievable and the the mm-hmm. people on there are so amazing and they're so talented and it's just I'm very passionate about it if you, if you can tell it's, yeah. it's so great and so cool and I like I think it's kind of, kind of become like my little niche like in journalism you, you like know my, a lot about it I, I'll give you that a hundred percent nobody will ever take that away from you yeah, when whenever they come to Ottawa, my like all the people in my program know like Johanna's doing a story on blind hockey because <laughs> she's so interested in it. I think another thing that really stood out to me about it is it also has strong female representation. Like Natalie Spooner is one of the ambassadors or spokespeople yeah. for it. I, th- I saw earlier, and that's incredible to me because I love seeing like uh, women in hockey, women in sports, and I like seeing like just visual minorities being represented, whether it's like Asian Americans or things like that. Like. I love seeing hockey be for more than just what it's been known for this whole time. And like blind hockey is niche women in hockey Mm -hmm. right now, unfortunately is niche and it's sad. Uh, But like seeing those two worlds come together is just busting through that stigma immediately. Yeah. And that first um, event I went to, one of the people I interviewed was a woman and and she was playing like on the team with the guys, like playing against them. And I was like, you go girl. Like, you're like everyone's always like we need to separate like men and women like women can't no. play at the same level as men well not in blind hockey she's on their team she's doing amazing like she's just as good as anyone else out there maybe better than a few like let's put her up there so it's pretty amazing 
Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I definitely want to see more blind hockey, especially coming from you. I want to read more. I want to learn more. And I, if I'm ever in Ottawa and blind hockey is happening, you have to take me. That is Absolutely, my one I that I, I have to go. I need to do yeah. that. And I need to see a Christmas card so I can see that elf recreation hopping across the street. Absolutely. Well, the plug for blind hockey is usually their tournament is in Toronto at the Madame Center. So. Oh, okay. So I'll meet you in Toronto. Sounds good to me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Before we head out of here, where can people find you on social media? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Johanna Flora, which is a crazy name. So J-O-H-A-N-N-A-F-L-O-R-A. I know people are like, what's Johanna? That's a weird name, but that's it. (laughs) I remember the first time like we spoke, I was like, I need to get your name right or I'm going to mess it up. And then you reassured me that people mess it up and that I can do it either way. And it's phenomenal. Thank you for that. It's a story of my life. So, (laughs) Well, it's the same for me. Like, I think one of my biggest pet peeves I've discovered is if I sign off on an email and I say, thanks, comma, Matt, and someone Mm. replies with, hi, Matthew. It's like, "Mm, my mother calls me that. And that's it. Like that's nobody else. When my parents are mad, it's Matthew. And that's it. Nobody Mm -hmm. else calls me Matthew. Like I'll take Maddie. I'll take anything like that. But like, oh, just send shivers down my spine. Um, (laughs) Any, any final words before we head out of here? I'd like to leave the final minute or two up to you. If you want to plug anything, if you want to talk about any diehard topics, blind hockey again, it's up to you. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Well, definitely I'm excited to be writing and getting more stuff out there. So check out my piece about um, hockey officials, which I'm pretty excited about that one. And hopefully we'll have some blind hockey coming. So see what we can get going there. Absolutely. Like I was saying off the top of the show, it's an absolute must read. Head over to penaltyboxradio.com. It's on the homepage. It's featured right now. Uh, you'll see two pictures of refs hanging out there. It's an, it's an incredible deep dive onto the unfair bias that referees receive at any level, the training they go through. There's a lot of quotes from different referees. There's even a referee in here whose last name we had to leave out due to privacy issues. It's that investigative. It's a hell of an article. Johanna, I'm so happy you're part of the program. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. This is the Coast to Coast Podcast. For Johanna, I am Matt, and we'll see you next time. Well, the road rolls out like a welcome night To a better place than the one we're at And I ain't got no kind of plan But I've had all this town I can stand